Welcome to the, the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, the show that is designed to bring together all those who play, work, live and love games in this lovely city of ours. Every show is designed to let you know uh, all about what is going on in games and in Sheffield and most importantly in games and in Sheffield at the same time, even though that's this is probably not that because this is just going to chat about... Uh, Life in lockdown, I imagine. Um, my name is Connor Clark, and I am joined by Matt Turner. Hello, I'm Matt. I uh, I'm here on behalf of the Treehouse Board Game Cafe, and uh, I talk about board games a lot sometimes. Well, I try to anyway. Uh, when 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 I'm allowed, when they when they unhook the chains that allow me to uh, talk about board games, I do that. <laughs> but most of the time, I'm just complaining. Are they chains made out of little, like, wooden painted pieces? Um, yeah, they're little meeples, all holding <laughs> hands, uh, sort of, like, keeping me locked down. Uh, and I'm also joined by Jade. I'm Jade. I'm here on behalf of Ember, which is a social media network for gamers. And I do a little bit of Twitch streaming in my spare time, too. Mm. Mm. And actually, uh, Jade, you do do a little bit of Twitch streaming. We were, um, I was watching your stream uh, yesterday, uh, as you were doing a little bit of preparation playing, I think, for this this this, this, this evening's chat. Because um, you were playing Wacky Races, the Sheffield-made game that we, we all know and love. Well, we all know of, I guess. Um, <laughs> but but we, I was having this uh, crazy conversation where uh, I was watching it with Leah, um, actually, as we were having our dinner. And I was saying, like, oh, do you remember Dick Dastardly's, like, prequel series? Catch the pigeon, where he had to go and, yeah. and like the cartoon shows, catch the pigeon, and, like started singing the theme tune, catch the pigeon, yeah. catch the pigeon, love it, and and then and then I had to Google it because I was like, I've got to go and Google that because that is a a proper throwback nostalgic thing that I'm loving, and yeah, like I th you, about five minutes after this, you had the same conversation on your stream, Jade. But Matt, did you know it's not called Catch the Pigeon? Is it is it like the dastardly adventures of? Dastardly and Motley or something like that. It's some some ridiculous sort of Hanna Barbera like franchise name. No, no, it's 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 literally it's the the song isn't even Catch the Pigeon. The song's different. What? Right? What? Uh, <laughs> hang on, no, no, hard, it can't be. A hard few days since I learned this information. It's not quite registered with me yet. What what is it then? Please, please. <laughs> I am I am in a in a mire here. What's happening? I'll let you, Jade. It's stop the pigeon. Stop the pigeon? Stop the but pigeon. Just, it doesn't even sound right in your mouth, does it? Like, stop the pigeon. No. Scratch <laughs> the pigeon. Yeah. It's just... I even did a Twitter poll. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's catch the pigeon. I even yeah. asked people at work who I don't know very well, and they were like, yeah, catch the pigeon. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I, so I, I knew it was like a World War One, like, prevent that message from getting to whoever we're trying to it's going to try to get to right um i didn't pick up on that when i was like yeah like i always wondered like what are they stopping the pigeon from doing then because i just thought it was like catch it because i don't know you win something or you, then you can have it as a pet he's got a little note hasn't he in his in his feet i think like he's often yeah, sending a message and uh dick dastardly's uh flying around in one of those sort of biplane world war one era sort of uh mm. planes mm. Um, so much to look into. yeah i i think I think he might have been working for the the Kaiser. No. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> World War One era bad guy <laughs> trying to trying to stuff a carrier pigeon. Um, he might he might have been working no for way. the Kaiser. No way was he. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe this was like just a really a really ridiculous war analogy. Well, it must have been right. But this was around the sixties, so there's mm. got to be some relationship to the Vietnam War, war or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, so it will stop the pigeon, um, Dick Dastardly, I don't know, and Dick Dastardly is not a Nazi, um, or well, maybe he was, I don't know, he was a bad guy. He was, oh, he's definitely a bad guy, but he's a bit early, but he was, yeah. if that's the case, he was a bit early to be a Nazi. Uh, Doom is in the chat saying it was a reference to World War One, so it was a World War One thing, got to stop him from, mm. from sending across some messages. Well, 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 um, Anyway, so apart from that kind of that was that was genuinely one of some of the most mind blowing news this week is just going on Wikipedia and saying what it stopped the pigeon, you know this is some Berenstein Bear stuff. Twitter, do your thing. Yeah. Cancel this man. <laughs> Cancel Dick Dastardly. He's he's got he's got a long history of painting tunnels on walls. Uh, and Wiley Coyote. He's done the same thing. Surely they should both be cancelled if that's the case. Mm. Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> What is what is Wiley Coyote other than a a, a shill for a, for a, a a box like a package sending corporation that delivers boxes full of full of tat? You know, is Acme an an, an allegory for uh, for Amazon for the modern times? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to be like it's the Nazi war machine or something. <laughs> is that Acme? <laughs> <laughs> um... Maybe Wiley Coyote is just Dick Dastardly in a fursuit. No, we don't know. Um, why, why, did I, why did I raise that? I don't know. But otherwise, apart from that weird, mind-blowing information uh, this week, how's, how's everyone been doing uh, past couple of weeks? How's, how's everyone's March been so far? <laughs> Passing to me. Um, yeah, it's been all right. Um, just sort of plodding along hoping that eventually i'll see the sun and you know it's been a little bit sunny today i, I did look out the window and go look I, i'm pretty sure that's the sun mm. i've sort of forgotten what it looks like mm. but i'm 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 half sure that's the sun um uh yeah other than that i'm just sort of just trundling along um doing doing my podcast things getting trying to get back into the swing of doing some exercise so that I'll be ready when, when May comes around and I can actually start doing my job. So I've got some core strength to pick up things and stand on my feet for, for, you know, more than two hours at a time, just, you know, those sorts of things trying to get outside a little bit more, go to the shops, that sort of thing. I'm really concerned about that. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely thinking like I have just, I've, I've lost all my fitness over this past year and that's inevitable, right? That's fine. I'm not, no judgment here, but like getting back up into the, to the real world, I'm thinking like, am I going to be able to like walk around town for like longer than half an hour <laughs> than going to the shops <laughs> and back, you know, this stuff like that. I'm like, oh man, am I just going to get really tired? Is it going to age to me like health wise by like 10 years? <sighs> I don't know. It, it might. It might like have made you really tired. I, I know for a fact that after first lockdown, I went back to work, you know, like in working on my feet all day again. Mm. And um, even after that part, I was absolutely exhausted after mm. every single shift. Like it was physically grueling uh, to an extent that I hadn't 
I hadn't had in a long, long time just doing basic things like, you know, bending down to pick up glasses off the <laughs> bottom shelf. <laughs> seriously, seriously. So yeah, no, that's my that's my current uh, resolution to try and find because of course we we moved recently. Try and get my uh, switch dock attached to my computer so I can start doing Ring Fit again. Get back mm-hmm. into into a reasonable uh, exercise regime and and you know uh, maybe lay off with some of the snacks that sort of thing. You know. <laughs> yep. No beer for me this evening on this evening's podcast. I'm instead drinking watermelon water which is which is a thing um called Bougie. watermelon yeah it's it's it, you think it's a smoothie it's not it's literally just watermelon water like that <laughs> imagine you drain it out of it uh so jade you you passed on the question how is your lockdown earlier um but any chance you want to come back to it oh um it's fine i've been working pretty hard like as i've said loads of times got this new job so my mind's been pretty work focused so i'm not going to go into loads of details because boring um, but you know what? I'm I'm steady away. Like I've had my ups and downs, like everybody else has. Mm. Maybe maybe even like a bit more dramatic at times, just because I'm me. But um, yeah, I mean it's fine. Like that's one of the reasons I passed. I kind of don't have any news, but for you know, once in a while, I'm doing pretty good. And luckily tonight it's one of those nights. But also the windows open in the other room and the door keeps slamming. So I'm just gonna have to go and deal with that. Sorry. <laughs> no worries uh so uh otherwise uh we're talk, talking about health stuff leah in the comments is just saying that uh whereas i have just ordered beer and she has she's ordered a big, <laughs> a big uh batch of beer that probably arrived by two, two thirds sometime this evening um oh, nice. cool so uh matt i think we're gonna now 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 jade's not here we'll quickly sneak it in uh while she's sorting out stuff in, uh, at home We've got to talk about this because last week was the release of probably the most anticipated game of at least the last two months. Um, Super Met Boy was released for the Nintendo Switch. How are you finding Super it? Super Met Boy! <laughs> yes! Came back at the yeah. right time. <laughs> we, thought, we thought we could get away with it while you were gone. <laughs> the there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great. You know, uh, I, I can't... And I'm sure you've got uh, more to say about this, Connor, but I, um, I'm obviously loving it. Obviously, I was already sold on the concept because I've been playing it on my phone for, for ages and ages. And um, just jumping into a fully-fledged game is uh, a joy, um, obviously. Um, but something took me by surprise, I think, mm-hmm. picking up the Switch and, and, and starting it. Um, obviously, there's loads of changes, right? There's not. This is not the mobile game that we were playing previously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um loads of changes the control scheme has changed there's loads of different uh, characters now all of whom play differently mm. the balance is different there's secret level all these crazy things going on right oh there's so many um, new characters as well like you, you mentioned there's new, the new ones but yeah there's loads the thing, and there's so much going on yeah the thing that took me by surprise though was just how um snappy it all feels like mm-hmm. it, it suddenly became in my mind like it, it shifted gear from I, I i thought i'd been giving it all the credit it deserved when it was on the phone but i'd been sort of going oh yeah it's good but it's a mobile game mm-hmm. 
right? I'd been I'd been sort of holding off this kind of um, this thing, and basically when I when I when I booted that up and I started in, interfacing with it, and the sound is better, and the mm. um, everything moves and in, incredibly fluidly, and there are there's depth to it, and suddenly like you feel like the things you do matter slightly more. I guess because you're playing it on a slightly bigger screen and you've got mm-hmm. it on your console mm-hmm. and. And um, yeah, there's a new soundtrack screen is 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 like that's that is a big thing, isn't it? And you you like there's a, there's a seal of quality from the Nintendo Switch that you just kind of have as long as you don't go through the weird uh, you know the weird e-store and start buying all the weird stuff. Like Super Met Boy probably fits <laughs> in that category, right? And yet Super yeah. Met Boy is 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 a, is a complete and a quality package enough that you're right, it fits. Yeah, um, but yeah, like where to start, right? um the mm. the soundtrack is the first thing you get to like the the title screen uh soundtrack has changed the first level soundtrack has changed there's new uh music for virtually every level and there are new levels which are secret like <laughs> there are secrets in the manual that i don't even know what they do yet because i haven't managed to get it to work um honestly this oh. this game is leans into that it really leans into that kind of like retro hey we are not giving you all the keys to the kingdom here they mm. are hidden throughout the game mm. Mm. and it, 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 have you have you actually got to so obviously there are secret levels have you got to the secret boss as well um is the secret boss when you do do both secret levels yes yes and then you and then you defeat the final yes. boss and then there's an extra yes boss. um uh yes and it, it absolutely whooped me yeah, it's, like it's, I it's had hard. <laughs> no chance whatsoever. I think I did about ten percent damage to his health bar, <laughs> and I got absolutely rinsed. <laughs> um, so it, it'll either be me leveling up my uh, my chips to get better stats, or indeed uh, playing co-op like we attempted to do, Connor, mm. um, uh, a few a few days ago. Yeah, well, that's that's another thing about it is that like it's mentioned about it's a complete package. You have like all these different hidden things. You have, um, so you have obviously there are now what eight characters I think in the game or six characters or uh, uh, yeah, and for every one of those characters there is also a hidden character for every single one. So that doubles, um, which is wow. I know no 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 spoilers, but once you figure out how to once you figure out how to unlock one, you can unlock all of them. Um, but like they are all totally bonkers and different and amazing. Um, and and then add on top of that, there is now a four-player co-op mode, like which games rarely have now, and it works online mm-hmm. really well as well. And it's just yeah, like it's got it's just if it, if it, 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 it seems to tick all the boxes and what it was what it could have done right and what I'd hoped yeah. it would do, um, and it just it just nails it. So I've got to say yeah, the netcode is absolutely amazing. Like uh, it is. It, it does something that a lot of games manage to not do, uh, which is to say client side hit re- hit registering on on mm. you. So like, if you look, if you think that you hit an enemy or you think you avoided an enemy, you did. And uh, <laughs> like, so few games seem to seem to do that, and I I love it because it means that you never have that situation where it's like, but I did it. <laughs> I know I'm really good at this game. And but why did I why did I die? I, yeah, that's you never get that, mm. uh, which is really nice. Even on my terrible connection. <laughs> well, it is, and it's definitely got. It's, it's like a fighting game in that aspect. There's a whole thing around fighting game netcode and picking the right one there, and it seems to have picked picked a good one. Um, 
Moving away from Metboy though, another game that has really good netcode and I did actually try just yesterday. Um, and another game that's in, well, just, has just come out is Valheim. Like I played that with uh, online with a few people. Is it just me or is that game like, even though it's early access, which I usually expect like, you know, netcode things to be a problem, struggle to get into games, struggle to get on servers. This game just works, right? It just works really well. And I've never had any issues, you know, less issues than I would do from a, a big super polished game on its 50th update right that just that game just works until it six of you in a boat right matt until there are six of you in a boat yeah uh, until until yeah i think you get i think four is the limit you can ever take out on the sea <laughs> like we we did a um we did a, a we went raiding in the plains um uh last night and <laughs> there were there were four of us to begin with and we were doing okay right and then two more people logged onto the server and um, they were like sneaking up behind us. We didn't realize they'd logged onto the server. And we were wondering why like uh, these enormous creatures were like teleporting across the landscape to destroy <laughs> us. And it's like, oh, uh, that'll be why then. <laughs> the, uh, the extra two people really made all the difference. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm assuming that's going to uh, change as the game gets more and more polish yeah. and stuff this... but yeah with one to two players it just absolutely well one to four players it just absolutely works everything's just great real how are you finding how are you finding valheim jamie are you still are you still playing it or is it is yeah. it i'm still playing um i play a little bit less uh just because i'm quite tired in the evenings at the minute yeah um but soul's still playing like really sort of religiously and we've got this really big house and he makes me like armor so when i log back on like i've got like new stuff which is really cute nice. um yeah it's, it's really nice like i've got a nice wolf pelt cape now and all my uh armors like proper armor um we did the third third boss but the fourth boss could have been the fourth boss you know um we did bone mass which was awful and i got marty and quit uh <laughs> bone, but... bone mass is an absolute prick yeah honestly god as soon as i lost like my nice stuff I just was like, right, we can't do this boss. We need to leave. And then obviously Sol wanted to carry on because that's a normal thing to do. Like, no, let's persevere. Let's get the boss. Um, but I, you know, spat my dummy out and sort of tried to run in naked a few times to get my things back. And I was like, no, this is impossible. And then got face on. Um, but with the other one, the, the dragon, she called Moda, Moda or something like that. Um, it was less that it was easier and more that it glitches so badly that you get a lot of opportunity to like hit them. So, oh really? Is it I'm got, sorry like, if that was a big. Problems? I I I don't know what it is, but I'm sorry if that was a big spoiler. I just realised. I don't know if anybody knew that was the next one. So my I've, bad. I've only got to the deer. I've only did the deer thing. That's literally it. So yeah, um, it's fine then. Is there's a there's a fourth boss? Uh, <laughs> you kind of so know when you start the game. Scaly and it's got wings. There are. <laughs> There are pictures of all the bosses on okay. the standing stones. Uh -huh. um, That's fine then. So... so I haven't really sold anything. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't. But... Not not really as as, as such. Like mm. it's it's kind of like yeah. The, you can see there's there's a kind of like they are kind of abstract drawings. Like bone mass looks like a just a really big ghost from Ghostbusters. Yeah, he looks like the the big guy from like Ghostbusters. Well, What's he called? <laughs> Slimer or something. Oh, Slimer. Oh, is that right? Yeah, slime or the yeah, marshmallow, not so the big, the, the big green one that eats everything. Yeah, or Fatso from Casper, my favourite game. <laughs> yes, Fatso from Casper, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah we have. Sorry, yeah. Matt, you go ahead. 
Oh no, we haven't got to the 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 dragon one yet, but it, uh, we are currently looking for it. We've gone through three or four uh, mountain biomes, and we still haven't found anything. It might not be as bad for you. I mean, it it could have just been the game that we played, but like the 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 boss was just sort of stuck in stuff, so you kind of got like a few cheeky shots in. So we'd kind of like yeah. go pew, pew 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 and run away, and then realize it was still glitching out. So we just didn't went and did a few more. I mean, like, nice. I thought this game was, like, launched with this a little bit of content. You know, you can get a taste of it. But this seems like... I mean, how many bosses are there? Because this seems like there's there's actually loads to go. So there are five total. of seven. Yeah, so Ooh. I think the idea is there will eventually be seven, but there are five in the game currently. Oh, wow. That is my understanding. Um, there are certainly five standing stones. Um, the next guy looks like a big skeleton. Um <laughs> Well, I'm glad you tell people that and not me. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I don't know what they actually look like. I just looked at that picture on the standing stone at the very start. Um, it looks like a big skeleton. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's no, I, I'm still learning loads of stuff about the game, right? I, uh, my last four days were spent on this project I've been doing, which is taming wolves and um, and letting them free or to roam free all around the little port we've created so that anything that comes into the area just gets eviscerated by wolves. Um, what? You can do that? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes it takes some doing. It takes some patience. I, I've tamed one boar and that took forever. Um, but I think my favorite <laughs> thing is still when you kind of like hang around the hives and it just says the bees are happy. Yeah. And you're yes. like, you're like, oh, good. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's my one actually major achievement. I've played like played the game once, but I've already made a beehive and I've put a little sign next to it that says Connor's bees don't touch. Um, oh, and that's, that's me. Uh, has anybody else been playing anything else over the past couple of weeks? Is anything keeping them going? Well, say again, Jay. Played Fable a little bit. Ooh, cool. anniversary yeah, yeah started again first fable um and obviously i played uh wacky races the best game of the three that you put on twitter yeah the, tri the triple threat <laughs> the triple th should, should, should we get onto that because um we can come back to uh, this later on but obviously last week or last week the week before uh we said that we were going to continue our oh what are the best ever sheffield games playthrough of 2021 we don't know when it'll end um but we want to try and play as many as possible um and we all picked one game that we wanted to throw into a hat and basically uh see who was the winner i even put a poll up on the twitter can anyone get that up um i need to see what who won the, who won the twitter but the three games were uh zool which was released in the Mega 992, made by uh, Gremlin Graphics. Um, well, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Actual Soccer 3. Have we found it? There's a tie. It's a tie. Get out. Oh, wait. Not I've got the final tie. vote. I've got the final vote. Because um, nah, well, I'm able to vote. <laughs> I'm able to vote as the National Video Game Museum. I'm going to throw a vote towards Actual Soccer 3, um, which keeps it as well, a tie. Well, hang on. <laughs> Because I haven't cast my vote yet. <laughs> so the three games are Zool, released in 1992 for the Amiga, uh, and obviously ported to lots of other things. Wacky Races, which was released on the Dreamcast in 2000 and then ported to the PS2 in 2001. Uh, and Actual Soccer 3, which released on the PS1 and the uh, PC in 1998. Um, and all really different games. One's a platformer, one's a sports game, one's a racing game or kart racing game. Um, and all got their own 
you know, good points and bad points. Um, but so far, according to our poll, um, which only has 21 votes, uh, only put it up today, um, <laughs> we are, we have got, we have still, well, according to mine, it's still a tie. But I don't know if anyone will see it. I can see it as a tie between Zool and Wacky Races with Actua Soccer 3 only getting half the points. So 40% for Zool, 40% Wacky Races and Actua Soccer with 20%. Um, which I'm kind of wow. disappointed by because I don't know if anybody actually got a chance to go back and play Actua Soccer 3 over over the past couple of weeks. No, you're both looking at me like, no, why on earth would I do that? Um, uh, but, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, I, well, I did. I want to launch a defense of Actual Soccer 3 because, um, yeah, it's kind of bad, but I think it offers like a real cool viewpoint of what football games could have been. So, like, Actual Soccer 3, released in 1998, um, you know, the, the World Cup was going on in France. It was a crazy World Cup, really iconic World Cup mus- uh, mascot. And like a really cool time for football, the late 90s, right? Like Zinedine Zidane at his peak. Uh, Alan Shearer is at his peak. And uh, in this game, they actually had Alan Shearer on the cover. And the whole game was built around Alan Shearer. He even did interviews for like games journalists um, promoting this game, which was great. It's very, very 90s. Um, And then you boot it up. And do you know how like when you play like a sports game, like an EA sports game or... Um, mm. any of those ones they have like soundtracks right and a lot of people use like the FIFA yeah. soundtrack to be what the next big songs are going to be over the next year right they take they take picks out of it it defines what the sound of the next year is going to be right um, well Actual Soccer 3 whether because of memory costs or licensing costs I don't know but it only has one song that it displays on repeat in the menus over and over again <laughs> um, but it's it's 1998 right and you can if you can only afford one song it's got to be a good one, and it is because it's "Let Me Entertain You" by Robbie Williams, which just plays <laughs> on repeat. It really does define the not just the year but the decade, right? <laughs> so, like, you boot up this game on your PlayStation One, and suddenly you just hear the Robbie Williams start singing in your ears, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is this is '90s, right?" You get to pick your team with Alan Shearer up front, Paul Scholes midfield was great. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's it's a real kind of throwback to that era. And it boots up, like, with a big pan over this, like, really awful polygonal stadium. Um, and everyone's got this cheering noise in the background. It's just like, oh, man. Remember 1998? Remember summers? Remember going to football matches? Or m- maybe not, but, like, going in big crowds of people and watching sport and having a barbecue. Just, oh, man. <laughs> oh just like it just filled me with some sort of some sort of joy so there's so there's that element to it that has it has going for it and then and then when you do actually play it as a football game um it's it's before football games had widely adopted this tv camera approach right where when you're playing well when you're playing any kind of sports game it just models itself on what you watch how you watch it on tv right we play nba and get nba games or, or american football games etc it just this is just how yeah. it's how 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 it plays on, on when you're watching on TV or watching Match of the Day or whatever. Um, but Actual Soccer 3 actually takes its cues from like really old football games like Sensible Soccer. So it actually starts off, you can play it both ways, but it actually starts off you watching down on the pitch like vertically. So like your team oh. is pushing forwards up the screen. Oh, like speedball. Um, yeah, kind of like speedball. Yeah, or like the other, like like the NHL games still use that kind of method or American football as well. Oh, they yeah. use those kind of, those kind of games. Um, and it's just yeah it's just kind of different and just threw me a little bit but i think it was it was a nice kind of view into this kind of alternate timeline and it got me thinking about what if you know what if 
other games had kept to this approach and just not bothered going the sideways on and was actually still the the vertical which was which you know that was that was quite cool it's sort of like it's sort of like a the difference between um uh, arcade and sim driving games right like wouldn't it be amazing if there was an arcade football um Mm. uh, genre that had persisted because there was i remember oh what was it called there was a ps1 game that was just it was really really bad and i I, but i loved it to bits and i absolutely can't remember what it's called it was the only football game i've ever really loved (laughs) but there were pickups um like there were things that would appear on the on the Mm -hmm. on the in the middle of the pitch and your player would suddenly be enormous and also apparently the rules of football hadn't quite been coded into it Probably because your um, your goalie could just pick up the ball and run to the other end of the pitch <laughs> and um, and just throw it at the at the goal and and you would win. Uh, <laughs> and um, I wish I, I could remember what it's called. I picked it up at Blockbuster for out of a bargain bin for about a pound um, and loved every moment of it because it just I think. Largely, I, I considered it to be making a mockery of the concept of football, <laughs> and I, I appreciated it. This kind of punk outlook. Was it? Was it called? I've just gone on Google and searched. There's a whole Wikipedia page of like list of football games. Um, and was it called Backyard Soccer? It was not called Backyard Soccer. I've been it doing the same thing. Sport, junior sport, known in Europe as Junior Sports Football. It's got it was, on, it was something football. You have there I are four power ups that you can activate when you play a game. One of them is a cannon, which launches a fast and powerful shot. This is a really full like Wikipedia article uh, for a really random game. <laughs> um, one of them was a cannon. One of them was underground, and the ball that goes underground and pops up in a random place. Um, one of them turns the the football into a giant bowling ball, um, and oh, one my. of them is called trace. And the ball is currently controlled using the cursor. Players click where they want the ball to go. How does that even work on PlayStation? So cool! Um, That's a really good idea. Yeah. So, but that was that was fully enough. That was also like actual soccer. That was also published by Infograms, which uh, published a lot of stuff back then, but was also uh, the publishers of actual soccer. So, hey, maybe there was there were some similarities there. Maybe there's some crossover with the dev team. Who knows? I mean, Mario Soccer, right? It was that should have continued. We've just got a, a brand new Mario Golf in which. One of the one of the modes is you just run a foot race, but you have to kind of keep catching up with your ball. Uh, like you just you hit the ball, and then you have to you know make sure Luigi runs faster than everyone else so that he can get to the ball uh, before everyone else and hit the ball into the goal. It's a good idea. Every every sport should have an arcade game version that like that feels stupid and kind of partially takes the mick out of the sport. Um, it's the only ones I care about. Ace. Well, that's my defence then for actual soccer. Um, but obviously, according to the poll, it is trailing in last place. Um, there were a few more votes, but as far as I'm aware, is it? Are we still stuck in a draw? Um, well, you might have to refresh. I've refreshed it. Um, oh, this is. I'm. I'm still seeing a draw. Yeah, same twenty-five votes. Have you got the same kind of? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 40-40. And it's over. That are the final results. I can't change that anymore. Um, So despite a flurry of final votes, it's kept in uh, equal. So there is no winner according to the polls. So you're going to have to uh, fight it out between you, Matt and Jade. Um, Which one is the better game out of Zool or Wacky Races? Uh, (laughs) I've just played Zool, so I don't know. I might (laughs) might change my mind if I had. That's the thing. But because I was so keen for Wacky Races, I just played that three times. (laughs) (laughs) 
Listen, the Zool soundtrack is really, really good. Um, I love the 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 first. Uh, what you need to know is that the first level of Zool is a Chopper Chups level. Um, it is entirely just branded by Chopper Chups because they ran out of money mm-hmm. and and had to get um, sponsorship money from Chopper Chups. So um, <laughs> that's what you should know about the first about Zool. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm back on the fence again. <laughs> Zool is um, Zool is great. It was like so. It like it came out around about it, it was after Sonic the Hedgehog and was basically like we want to be, you know, basically just want to make a British Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so you play as this ninja from the nth dimension, which is just a really weird, um, really weird backstory that they've got going on. But there is full on lore books and everything. Well, there's full on lore like behind it, not an entire book, but yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like this really, it was a rock hard 2D platform. And Matt, did you get to play it over the last couple of weeks? Um, I didn't play, um, I didn't play, I've played it before, but I haven't um, yeah. uh, got to play it. You know, I, 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 I spent a little bit of time while writing, listening to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I haven't played any of this, this um, these last two weeks, but I'm sure I will be doing so. I, you know, I am um, the. I had enough trouble. I've had enough trouble with emulators this week that I'm. I'm going to have to put aside like several hours of my day for figuring out how to how to work them. Uh, I'm going to get a PhD in emulators um, so on, that man. I can I can figure it out. But um, the uh, I give you. No, I, I give you. I, that's a, I was going to say, I'll give you five days before you contemplating your Googling Raspberry Pis on uh, and finding out the best <laughs> way to pick one up and create your own retro setup for your TV. Give it five days. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would that will probably be in line with my previous behaviour. Yeah, um, <laughs> the uh, Zool was a game I played. I believe I played on the Acorn Archimedes back mm-hmm. in the day, um, and uh, so we had it on a floppy and uh, just. I, I I still have. I genuinely just thought that when I was this that was my introduction to PC gaming. Mm-hmm. I genuinely just thought that that's what gaming was. That you just did have chopper chops levels. Mm-hmm. That 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 you know more games than than actually do have like candy things. Because I was like I I went in. I was like, man, I'm sure I've I've played other games that had like candy or chopper chops themed first levels. But no, I think it is just Zool. Well, there was, I think, yeah, from Chupa Chups, I'm pretty sure it is. But this was the, also the era of the the cereal box video game, right? Like, does anyone remember yes. getting like getting a game inside the pack of Frosties or Cocoa Pops, right? Where, remember, remember, used to, I used to, well, I used to all the time, right? As soon as I'd open up the cereal for the first time, I'd take the bag out of the box, I'd give it a shake, I'd see where the toy or whatever it was that came with my cereal is. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, I probably as a kid, I probably just stuck my hand in and just got my dirty mitts all over the cereal just to, get, <laughs> to get this plastic thing out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, I, and sometimes they were games and they were weirdly branded games that like you could play like a Frosty's game or um, yes. the, the McDonald's, the McDonald's kids game. So, um, like, friend, I, I should point out, friend of the show, Dave Bulmer, do, uh, over on YouTube, does a show called Serial Ports. That's serial as in the, the stuff. Serial uh, Ports. Um, uh, they basically literally just live stream them going back and playing all of those serial um, based or, you know, like games that you got with products or games that are attached to Saturday morning cartoons. Um, just any of those outsider games that weren't really mainstream or like AAA as it were. Um, they played 
what did they play? They played some uh, uh, the Doctor Who game um, a while back and uh, Darkwing Duck, I think. Um, all sorts. It's great. It's great fun. Mm. And, and the thing about like those games as well is that they were really short, right? So you are able to kind of play them like in a, in a podcast. The thing with the thing about Zool is, as far as I was aware, for the first few years after I first played it, Zool was just a chupa chup game because it's so hard. I never ever got past the chupa chups level. Particularly, yeah, partic- it's like, really hard. Like, because there are three chupa chups level before you get to the next world, which is a music world, which I've never ever, even now, I've never got past the music world. Um, but like, I would just, I, I would maybe get to the third level of of Zool, um, and then lose all my lives. And when you lose all your lives, it's full game over. Go back to the start, start from level one again. And I was, I was, I didn't get better at games when I was a kid. I just, I just, I just tried harder. <laughs> or got more bored. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 the same like um I mean it was the same with Wacky Racers, just to, to kind of move us on through the uh the kind of like Sheffield Games Club uh roster. Mm-hmm. Um I it's 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 not easy, is it? It's uh it's a game that like when I lost my first race, um <laughs> the, the the um the commentator said try um Put what is it? Try uh, equipping different Just abilities yeah. to meet your, your, your playstyle. And it's like, my dude, there are three abilities and three <laughs> buttons. Like, and then accelerate. Those are the four things I can do. You can't. You can't ask me to equip. There's no strategy here. I am. On the, I am on the spooky magi- uh, machine that is as tall as a house, <laughs> and I keep f- trying to fly on a dragon and bumping my head on tunnels, and um, I, <laughs> I cannot possibly do any more strategizing than I already have. On you, doesn't it? The game, like big time. It's okay. it's <laughs> when it sort of like reminds you that you're in last place all the time, like. And trailing yeah. in last place is player one. And it's like, <laughs> player one. It's, like <laughs> it's, it's like Penelope's in, in, in position two. And it's like, okay, so you know her name. Why are yeah. you saying player one when it comes to me? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're uh, Jade, you're the expert. Is it so? Oh, yeah. is, is it as hard as, uh, as Matt says it is? It's pretty difficult. Um, I got like a fluke win as well, though, so I can't complain too much. There was just like, uh, we're on lap three and we're going round and the army surplus special was definitely ahead of me. And then for just some reason, I just sailed over the finish line. But there's other <laughs> times where you're like, because you, there's like no, you know how Mario Kart, is, you can kind of be a bit tactful and you can like aim blue shell to first place or you can like save something up to like get everybody or whatever. With this, you're so grouped together all the time and because it's so hard to handle like your car and every car is like shit in its own way. So, like, Penelope's car has the big parasol on it, so whenever you try and, like, go over a jump, she just sits in the air for, like, 30 seconds, <laughs> oh, and you're like, oh, please land. And, <laughs> but they've all, they've all got these these crap issues with them. Um, but, yes, yeah, like, so I, like, I, it's hard. With the, spook, with the Spookmobile, you can't see past it. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, or if, if the Creepy Coop's in front of you and you're a different car, you can't, oh, they're just behind you. All you can see is the tower, so you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's painful yeah and they've got a cloud of bats as well they were like oh you know this model isn't quite big enough 
Um, we, we're, we're locking the camera angle. So let's make sure the camera angle's right there behind it. And then we'll make it three times as big as any, other, any of the other cars. And then also, just in case that wasn't tall enough to block your entire, um, your entire uh, line of sight, we're also going to put a cloud of bats off it. <laughs> Brilliant. Favourite guys, but like... They are the worst. To be fair, the, the Army Circle Special isn't much better, like, if it's very close to the camera. Because that's just <laughs> as tall, because whatever his face is sat in it. Oh, I really like them all, though. But I never play I, as every character. I always sort of have favourites. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, I think. Like, although I guess they must play so differently with all the, every single one of them. <laughs> so, like, it, I'm, I guess I'm complaining a lot here, but, like, I had a great time playing it. Um, the, uh, I, I think it's amazing that they all have different abilities, right? It's not like Mario where they just did like 12 weapons and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mario, obviously the original Mario Kart, um, everyone had one weapon. Um, uh, they, you know, Donkey Kong threw a banana. Um, Peach, I think went small. I can't remember what, that, what, what she did. Um, there's, uh, no, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, maybe she dropped a, a little tiny mushroom that made you go small. Either way, like, uh, this has obviously got triple that. You know, like, the, the creepy coop gets dragon wings and flies around and bumps its head on uh, tunnels. Um, and uh, the, like, everyone does different stuff. And I've got to give, like, props. Like, that's really cool, the fact that every single car handles differently but also has different abilities. Um, mm. And that's super rad. I also love, I love domain levels, like hob, uh, like lobby levels in driving it, games. Oh, does it have yeah. them? Is it like like yeah. um, Diddy Kong Racing? That like, I had a big, big exactly one. Exactly like Diddy Kong Racing. One of my one of my best all time driving games. Do, uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Do you love know? It. Do you know why Diddy Kong Racing has big, big, big levels like that? Big, big hub levels. Because it wasn't no. built. It wasn't built as a racing game. It was initially built to be an RPG. By uh, by rare, it was initially built to be a big kind of role playing adventure game, um, and then quite well, not not late on, but a bit later on in development, they basically took the design documents and went, "Now nah, we're making this a kart racer," um, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, which is, and, that, and then they just kept kept big worlds because of that. Um, a few few comments I just want to uh, go back to. I think Leo Bador said that Hogs of War, which is another Sheffield game we'll come to in a future podcast, um, deserves a remaster. The remaster exists, the reheated edition. Um, so definitely go check it out. Um, and uh, Beat Ruberti says that Doritos Crash Course was a pretty good, like, free product placement game as well, which was before before Fall Guys. Um, that was like the best total wipeout Keshi's Castle style game that you could play um, for sure. Um, anyway, coming back to Wacky Races, then is it? I mean, Matt, you seem to have a great time with it. So, is it is it better than Zool? Um, you know, it might be. It, like it, it, honestly, I, I <laughs> genuinely Space. believe that the two are on a are, are on a par. I think they both give you quite similarly. Obviously, we're comparing apples to oranges here, but I think that both have um, a, a great deal of style. Mm -hmm. I think that um, like it's hard to judge because they're from different eras, mm -hmm. and um, they are they are intending to do different, different things. I think they have a similar level of jank, and I have think they have a sti similar level of um, heart, and uh, that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> heart. Um, Jade, are you still on the fence, or are you are you happy to drop either side? I like Wacky Races more. Okay. 
And I'm sorry for pretending otherwise. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, did you know? So, so uh, I was have a look at the critical kind of reception as to both of these games. Um, see what, see what kind of the, the, the wider world might have thought. Um, number one, do you know that Racky Races is actually a remaster of an original PS1 game? I, d- I didn't oh, know that. Well, yeah. remastered for the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah it, was re- remastered. it was remastered for the Dreamcast. Um, the the original oh, version is just called Wacky Races. Uh, was released for the Game Boy Color, for Windows, and for PlayStation, and got a terrible critical review of thirty two percent, um, thirty two out of one hundred, I mean, which is you, pretty bad for people. The PlayStation. If you do, but the Dreamcast version. If you put it next, oh, go, go The Dreamcast version, actually, according to game rankings, is eighty four percent, which is a huge increase. So, what a yeah. game! Really interesting. Eighty-four percent. Because, like, if you put it next to kart races from that time, right? CTR and um, like, I guess uh, was Mario sixty-four out by that point? Uh, yeah, 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 Mario been, kart. Yeah. yeah, Mario sixty-four would have been ninety-eight, I believe. Um, ninety-six. Like, those, ninety-six. Even earlier. Those are definitely more rounded-out games, right? Well, they are definitely sort of. I think the big one, the big competitor for it would have been um, Crash Team Racing, right? That yeah. was yeah. a similar time, um, and well, Crash Team Racing would have been nineteen ninety nine, and obviously was like a massive smash hit, and basically said whatever Mario Kart can do, the PlayStation can do better, because um, it had like those big hub worlds and was just you know the the, the peak kart racer at the time. Um, so yeah. But otherwise, I think I think maybe maybe that's why Wacky Races didn't get the recognition it deserved because it was just slightly overshadowed. Not his, it, it's at the time, not in history though. I'd say that about the Dream Dreamcast in general, like uh, yeah, that had a big overshadowing, didn't it? But it was PS2. Yeah. So. And it was. And it oh, just, Dreamcast. One thing I will say about kind of Wacky Races um, is, my God, it's a good-looking game, isn't it? Like for that era. Good. Like it, yeah. it graphically, it's like it looks it like they it's it nails the cell shading, which was kind of the big thing making cartoons work in that time. But just it looks like a two D game made three D. Like the the textures yeah. are just perfectly two D, but it just fits. So uh, I think maybe we're gonna have to give it. So Zool from a critical reception um, as a comparison actually did very very well when his, his original release on the Amiga, um, and according to the three major Amiga gaming magazines. It got 97, 96, and 95%. So it was hailed as some of the wow. best ever Amiga games ever made. Um, so, and oh, I just haven't. I'm just having a quick look at um, at the Wikipedia page for Zool. And you remember earlier I said that I joked that there was a, a law book for Zool? Um, I, I, I actually, I, I wasn't necessarily wrong. Um, <laughs> there are actually uh, two young adult novels based. On the Zool books, or based on the Zool 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 World uh, universe, um, called Cool Zool and Zool Rules. Um, so, <laughs> if anybody if anybody has a copy of the Zool Young Adult books, please please send me some pictures because they sound absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, that's a word. Anyone's been condi- uh, considering a donation to the uh, National Video Game oh, Museum? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though the ports for Zool were really, really not well received, um, and actually the uh, the looks like the Mega Drive version got about five or six percent, or, or uh, five five out of ten or six out of ten. So um, not I'm great. Gotta gotta be honest, yeah. Like I mean, they had Sonic and Mario, 
yeah. the, the console versions had Sonic and Mario, whereas Amiga had comparatively few well-received and uh, uh, well platformers that had a mascot in them, like that people actually were able to get behind. You know, and that was the thing of the day, right? It was, mm. does this work? Is it like, um, is like the music good? Are the graphic, are the graphics like relatively high, high fidelity? And um, you know, do we like the main character? Yeah, and Zool is not, he's not really that good a, a, a iconic a mascot, is he? Um, he's a laser ninja from the nth dimension. It's yeah. kind of weak. In the uh, in the the sequel. Um, Zool does become like it follows the super the um Sonic the Hedgehog 2 route and actually has a, a multiplayer version and you can play as Zool's girlfriend called Zeus. Um mm. and you can also there is also a mini game where you play as Zool's pet dog as well. So they wow. tried. They tried really hard to make Zool work. <laughs> but I'm not sure it really did. Um so that's that I mean that's that's there you go. That's that's both Zool and uh, Wacky Races, and I think I would lean towards Zool. Jade would lean towards Wacky Races without any any hesitation, and I think Matt, I think you've fallen on the side of Wacky Races, right? I'm I'm sort of I, you can call me just absolutely on the fence. So we just uh, just split it down the middle. Split it down the middle. Okay. Well, fifty fifty <laughs> then. They're both going forward. Uh, we, we we can't split them. The public vote the same. The vote inside the studio, even with three people, is the same. So that's it we're just gonna have to leave it as a draw which is the result that well i'm kind of happy with um <laughs> but, i think but, they're yeah. about as good as each other i think that's accurate i do i really do yeah i mean i mean um, uh, yeah i wonder if there are any other later games in the series we could try maybe we should try Zool too no let's not let's not bother let's let's try some different games next time around um yeah. But yes, uh, okay. Any is there any anything else that anybody would like to chat about regarding the games that they've been playing this past week? Or um, I think I mentioned earlier that I am um, really excited to. Well, I'll probably give a better report on our next podcast in a couple of weeks because um, I've not really had a chance to kind of play around with it yet. But I did finally get my hands on one of the brand spanking new consoles. Um, after getting in the queue, getting in an online queue 30 seconds after it opened and only just fitting in to actually get one. So um, I'll report back on a, wow. on, a, on my PlayStation 5 thoughts. Um, oh, goodness. It's, but the first thoughts, though, that thing is massive. PlayStation 5 is a huge console. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to, I'll show you a picture next to my TV, but it's more than, well, it's, it's, it's nearly the height of my TV, my 40-inch TV. Um, and it's just, it's basically like you've got, if you've ever had, if you've ever seen a PS4, PlayStation 4, it's like a PlayStation 4 stacked on top of another PlayStation 4 next to two other PlayStation 4s. So it's four PlayStation 4s, PlayStation 4 squared, and you've got a PlayStation 5, um, which is not how numbers work, but it's definitely how the console works. <laughs> That's too big. Yeah. Where, where do they expect you to put these things now? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've managed to stand mine up next to the TV. I could technically fit it in my like, little TV cabinet, um, and it would have enough air around it so that it's not kind of crammed in. But I'm like, no, nah, mm. I'm going to stand it up and make it. If if it's going to be there, there's no point hiding it as well because it's a pretty obnoxious kind of you know um, aesthetic, isn't it? It's 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 it designed to stand out. So I'm not going to hide it's it an away. Aesthetic statement, isn't it? I think yeah. it is. I'm just trying to imagine it like like when you tell West Broadband like the fat the fat boxes. Telly West Broadband fat boxes. Oh, I, I don't know. Like, like a sky box, like a sky cue box. Is it bigger than that? 
Oh yeah, bigger than that. Yeah, significantly. Um, let me see. Oh, hang on, hang on. I've got. This is probably the best. This is probably the closest approximation. Um, like a gaming monolith, isn't it? This is my big kind of f big folder, big uh, A4 folder um, that is maybe three quarters of the size of a PS5, and it's really heavy. But it's like, yeah, it's it's very it's very very tall. I'll, I'll send a picture. I'll show you, I'll show you a picture. Um, but those consoles are just like 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 you you know you can see it's big in pictures, but it's not until you actually get one in your living room that you're like, wow, that thing stands out. Um, what it is though is it's very very quiet, which is quite nice, and that's main the main reason why I upgraded from my PlayStation Four, which I use as like a media box just for my you know TV or watch all kind of TV anything on there or Netflix etc. Yeah. Um, and that was getting that was getting on a bit because I had it since pretty much since launch, and that thing was just very very loud, and the fan was going. Mm -hmm. Now the PlayStation Five, dead silent. You barely even know it's there, apart from it just being massive, which is really nice. It's uh, it's something that you know. It's it's, it's almost like a uh, uh, kind of like it will be the sign of when I when I'm financially stable when I can afford um, uh, consoles the the year they come out. Same. Well, <laughs> I always think that, or if I don't have to like justify buying a fifty quid game. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I think I think the similar th when I bought my my PlayStation Four as well, which was my first kind of big kind of purchase coming out of university, thinking I've maybe got enough money to actually go and buy myself something that's not food and beans on toast um, or toilet paper. Um, like I I I I remember thinking like the only reason I can I'm going to buy this is because I was already actually got the the PlayStation Plus games, so I knew that when I got mm -hmm. my PlayStation Four in. I had a backlog of like 20 games that I could already play and I didn't have to buy anything for the next six months. No more games needed because I've got all these games yeah. that are ready to go. And that's the same with the PS5, actually. I've been able to kind of redeem all those PlayStation Plus games, etc. So, And all the PS4 games work and a lot of them have free upgrades. So I've actually got like a big bank of PS5 games despite not buying one yet, which is which is quite nice. Yeah, um, that's decent. But yeah, no, I, I definitely empathize with that. Um so yeah, we'll report back on that later on. But it's 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 yeah, it's cool. It's um, it's a fun little thing. Exciting. Uh, anything else anyone would like to chat about, or shall we wrap it up? Uh, I played a bit of Loop Hero. Uh, oh, the world's yes. kind of been going going off about that uh, recently, mm. um, or at least those of those of us who were interested in either uh, deck builders or roguelites. Or um, weird sort of like pixel art, um, incredibly intense system-heavy gameplay. Um, then you'll, if you like those things, then you'll probably like Loop Hero. Um, I bought it because I did not understand it in the slightest. It is a game in which it's, it's. I've been told it's of the genre auto battler, but I have never played an auto battler, and I've never mm -hmm. seen one played. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of taking people on 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 good faith for that one. Um, but what happens is your little dude walks around in a circle. There's a little path in darkness and your little medieval uh, warrior kind of wanders around on his little pixel route, just, just sort of like trudging through down this little path. And then you'll come across some blobs and some, you know, various things that kind of spawn onto the, uh, onto the path. And your dude fights them. And sometimes when he fights them, um, th he might get cards or gear, right? So, oh, this shield has plus two defense on it. This mm -hmm. weapon does this much, right? And you're like, all oh, right, great, upgrade, upgrade that, whatever, right? And then you start getting these cards, and the cards are kind of like land 
it's like a meadow or a rock or a a grove of trees or what have you and you have to sort of like patchwork place these things into um into the uh board around you so they're they're either going on the path or they're going off the path somewhere and you're kind of piecing together like a jigsaw puzzle this um this world around you as as you slowly walk around and the weird thing is the more times you go around on that loop the harder everything gets so you're kind of what you're trying. The aim of the game is to try and keep your character as like statted up as possible mm-hmm. as the world around you gets increasingly more and more dangerous. And basically the idea is, I think that, um, and again, I haven't quite got my head around it, but the idea is that every time you pass the camp, which is where you started mm-hmm. on this big loop, collect you pounds. can, choose... sorry, you collect 200 pounds, right? You do, you do. No. <laughs> well, you you get some health back, right, of, on your health bar. Um, uh, you collect 200 health <laughs> and you basically um, have the choice to go home, right? And if you don't, you, you, you start another loop and you're mm-hmm. basically gambling that you can survive that loop and get back to the camp because every time you pass something, kill something, put another tile down, another card down, for instance, um, you're gaining these long-term resources, Um which is as in in terms of the in terms of the uh, story, you're trying to rebuild the entire universe. So you the world has completely been destroyed, and you are trying to piece it together from memories. Mm-hmm. And all these cards are basically you trying to summon memories from your brain and put them back into the world. Um, and yeah, it's it's this it's very a, high concept, very interesting game. It sounds kind of like the way you're describing it is kind of a reverse tower defense game right where like you're placing stuff down like you would a tower defense game but actually you're playing your the only tower defense game i can think of right now is balloons you're playing a big heavy balloon and you've just got to get around this infinite loop uh, essentially as as towers keep popping up and monkeys keep coming around on zeppelins to try and destroy your balloon <laughs> right then, i mean uh... yeah yeah like you, you put you put down a little um spider cocoon right and it feels counterintuitive to put down something that enemies will spawn from but you know that hey the more enemies i kill the more um loot i'm gonna get and therefore the faster i'm gonna stay ahead of this but if i put too many enemies on a loop then i'm going to um i'm gonna start dying and i'm just gonna not, not gonna make it round but if i put too few then the enemies even the few that are out there are gonna be so highly leveled that they're going to kill me so it's kind of a, a weird balancing act there's no real it's very very difficult i'm used to in rpgs and roguelikes being able to just see the synergies right just to see how mm. i am supposed to be playing this and like i it's like when you crit you get um uh, five health back mm. and then i go okay well i can just stack crit for the rest of the game right mm. but it feels like those like standard roguelike or standard rpg um, kind of, I guess, levers that I'm, I usually am used to pulling. Um, they're kind of locked behind those long-term resources. I have to wait to unlock those. So I'm sort of just learning to pilot the game at the moment where I'm like, don't go too risky. Don't go too uh, safe. Try to find the middle ground. And it's a very, very mm-hmm. strange thing. I'm I'm not sure I'm quite as in as everyone on my Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but I am... It's certainly intriguing. I'll I'll see if I get more into it as I unlock more stuff. Hmm. Yeah, from what I can see, from what I gather, from what other people are talking about it, it's it's a pretty incredible um, 
well, it's a pretty, pretty incredibly addictive game, isn't it? That can, can really, really hook people in. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, Matt, it did, another thing about this game, actually, Loop Hero, with the tiles and everything, it was reminding me of, um, it was reminding me of board gamey stuff. Um, I don't know if yes. you wanted to talk about board games today. Um, we are we are a little late. I don't know if you are. You think we've got time? But I can. Uh, we, we I can do it. I'm sure I can rush through it. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's let's, let's, let's do it. So I've got some board game set up here on 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 the stream. Um, yeah. And you wanted to kind of chat about these, but I'm not sure what you wanted. Yeah, I've got I've got the images, um, and I think I've seen your document. But I, I, over to you. Okay, so this, I, I have realized that um, the viewers of Sheffield Gaming Podcast mm. are um, not as uh, experienced in the language of board games as perhaps they, they could be um, in order for me to, 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 to talk to them about board games. And I don't think that's a problem. I see that as an opportunity <laughs> because the thing with board games is if you if you don't know much about them, they can feel absolutely overwhelming. Um, so what I've decided to do is create Matt's Board Game Academia. Um, <laughs> this is the, the this part of the show is going to be me letting you in, letting you see a kind of board game one at a time, so that you know the language and you know what what is the draw to these various different uh, genres of board game. Um, because the weird thing about board game genres, right, is that they all mix and they all sort of like get overlapped and stuff. Um, and that is something that I think is not entirely unique to board games, but it is something that board games do um, incredibly elegantly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so today we are going to be talking about drafting games um, because drafting games, I think, are uh, possibly one of the... More alien concepts, but that come really, um, that, that come really naturally to people once they start playing. Them. I'm, I'm, okay? I'm way ahead of you, Matt. I played the first ever drafting game, drafts. Right, that's got to be the first ever <laughs> drafting game, is it not? It is not. Weirdly what? enough, I don't know why. You know, I wish I knew why they call it drafts. Um, I'm, I'm, I think it's because uh, of dra the draft, as in like uh, military stuff. But mm. I, I, I actually don't know. Um, so, drafting games, um, they come in all shapes and sizes. They are, drafting is a mechanic that simply describes um, taking a big resource, like a pile of cards in the center or a, a, a hand of cards, taking some stuff from it or drafting, you know, like you have beer on draft, taking some from a big keg. Um, uh, you, you take a little bit for yourself and you, you move on. Someone else gets a chance to take a little bit for themselves as well, okay? Um, so that is what drafting is. Mm. Uh, but the drafting mechanic gets applied to a huge uh, breadth of game styles. Um, and usually when you, uh, for instance, draw a card from a, from a central pool of cards, uh, you're doing so to build towards an objective of some kind or more uh, like, like similarly importantly, to deny that card to other players by taking something that they would want. Mm -hmm. Because in drafting... Oftentimes, what you do is take it in turns to take it from something from the central pool. So you can imagine um, if you are doing that, then you might sneak one that you think someone else would want. And that is going to be very core to what we're learning about drafting today. So um, a really core part of drafting is looking at what other players 
uh, have and trying to strike a balance between comp uh, completing your objective versus inconveniencing your opponents just enough to slow them down so that you can get the edge, right? Um, so if you want to switch to um, uh, Sushi Go, if you can find the pictures of Sushi Connor, Sushi Go. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Sushi Go. Um, so uh, Sushi Go and Seven Wonders are good examples of very simple drafting games. Um, so uh, Sushi Go... What you do is you draw some cards. You get a, a nice um, uh, like hand of cards, mm -hmm. and then you just choose one, right? You just choose one to take, you put it face down, and then you pass whatever's left in that hand to your left, okay? In the mean, in, meanwhile, the person on your right has had a similar hand of cards and is giving their rejects to you, right? They, they choose, they cherry pick their very favorite card, and then they pass their rejects over to you. You keep going and doing that over and over again. So these cards like swirl around the board, around the board, going uh, one at a time. Everyone taking bits and bobs that they want, and then eventually you kind of are looking for to try and get various suits. So you can see there's different kinds of sushi here. Mm. You might be trying to get. Um, so if you look at that kind of light green one that's uh, second to the left, you might try and get those in sets of five, right? And they'll give you points for every five of those that you get. Uh, or you might um, have have one that pairs really nicely with another one, okay? Um, those, I mean, yes, uh, uh, Leah saying um, she's getting hungry, agreed. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, the idea being that as you go through the rounds, you actually start to see what other people are heading towards, what strategies they're looking for. So as you kind of like, you take your first one and you're like, I want to apply that to my, to my one, right? You get your second one and you're like, oh no, there's nothing here that I really want. So then you just look to the left and you go, uh oh, well, I know what they want. Let's just remove that and I'll take that so that they can't have it. Uh, even if it'll score you no points, it, it might uh, stop someone else scoring points and therefore you can, uh, you can take it out of the pool. Um, the and that is the game. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You are, you are kind of just interfering very slightly with other people's <laughs> games. And that is the strategy. So meanwhile, Okay, uh, games like Patchwork and Sagrada are a, a very different kind of, of, of example. Okay, so um, Patchwork is the one with the lots of different Tetris-looking pieces, and um, Sagrada is the one with the dice. So we can just uh, look at those two. So Patchwork and Sagrada have you uh, trying to complete satisfying number and shape puzzles. Okay, so um, you will either be drafting dice or shapes that you need the most to try and fill out a pattern of some kind. So in the case of uh, Patchwork, you're looking at these. Um, these tetromino sort of looking shapes and you are trying to fill out that patchwork grid in front of you in order to sew a patchwork quilt. At the end of the game, you are going to lose points for every hole in your patchwork quilt, any mm. space that isn't covered over, right? So you need to try and make the most satisfying, tessellated, perfect quilt that you possibly can with the time you have. Um, Meanwhile, your opponent is trying to do the same thing, okay? And they're trying to get more points than you. So what might you do when you have, um, if you can see, there's a little root, uh, th this big ring of, of, of shapes around the edge, that's, uh, that's there on purpose. Those are all going in an order that's randomly determined at the start of the game, okay? You have a, uh, you ha have a selection of the next three at any given time, okay? So you can see that little uh, wooden man in the middle, just above the board. Um, that he's, he's very small, so you might struggle to see him. But um, just above the, little, the, the, the grid, there's a little wooden, wooden sort of like round man. And um, you have a cho choice of the next three of those shapes, okay? Now, whenever you choose a shape, that man will move to wherever that shape was, meaning that you get to decide 
what next three shapes your opponent has access to. So just like with Sushi Go, but even more so, because this is a 1v1 game, you are going to be trying to think, okay, what do I need? But also, what can I stop my opponent getting? What can I buy or just skip, hop over to, uh, to stop my opponent from getting? Because you can see, it is so, honestly, I cannot describe to you how satisfying it is to see a big T-shaped hole in your opponent's board and go, ah, let's not, let's not have that. Let's go past that. You can get that later. I, I've played uh, plenty of. I've played plenty of Tetris to know that I'm just going to be hoarding all those long pieces because the long pieces <laughs> are what make Tetris work. So that's what I'll be doing. Yeah, yeah, but of course they're different. They're different, different shapes. So you, oh, sorry, different lengths. So you, uh, you might end up with uh, awkward, awkward corners to make. Anyway, the longer uh, the so, better. Uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, Sagrada <laughs> is similar um, in that if you want to uh, switch kind of to the uh, to the dice. Um, <laughs> Connor has broken himself by shouting the longer the better uh, and I appreciate it frankly um, <laughs> um, Sagrada is a, a game in which you are drafting dice um, and similarly you roll the dice and you have to essentially match colour and number puzzles to sort of like again just make these really satisfying puzzles they are great fun to sort of like work out but in the meantime you're also like interacting with the, the people around the board everyone is commiserating that they can't um can't fill out their their puzzle quite correctly but also meanwhile they are completely undermining uh, undermining each other um but Right? Maybe uh, completing satisfying patterns isn't your thing. Okay? Maybe you're into something a bit more combative, or uh, you and you want to invade a board to to keep your opponents off it, um, as or as we call them in board games, territory control games, because we are very very interesting. Um, <laughs> we we take we take war and combat and monsters and fighting and decide that they're called territory control games. Um, but uh, we're a fun bunch, yeah. Um, you are in luck, though, if you're into something like even, that. So even like sports call that possession, which is like actually a much better name, much more exciting name for it. And that's just like football, right? Like board games have all this like crazy content and they go with territory. Oh, man. Oh, that's, that's something I didn't realize <laughs> that would really grind my gears, but it kind of does. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. They, they, there are these kind of low, low stakes, uh, yeah, words to describe it all. Um, but realm ownership what? games, uh, or <laughs> universe domination games, like oh man. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that probably would be slightly more, um, slightly more peppy. But you know, we we're not. But what? not. It's but not, not dramatic on the whole. Importantly, neither of those are technically true. Territory control, technically true, so it wins. Again. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just write. Uh, technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, territory control game is uh, control games are actually often some of the most um, uh, busy, let's call them, games uh, out there. They those those war mechanics and stuff like that. They can really sort of like for people who are into them, they can get very very complicated. But um, luckily, there are games like Blood Rage and uh, Bunny Kingdom um, that are drafting based. So if you understand the concept of drafting, right, passing those cards around, drawing them out of, uh, out of the hand, you're going to understand a good half of the game. So um, what this means is that uh, in Blood Rage, for instance, you are drafting those cards just like you would in Sushi Go. But 
Each card has you adding Viking warriors into various parts of Midgard, upgrading raiders, summoning massive monsters uh, in order to sort of send your opponents to Valhalla or even your own uh, warriors to Valhalla sometimes um, uh, to just in time for Ragnarok so you can get the most glory. And that's it. The idea being that you are drafting these cards to put people onto the board and um, kind of trying to get them killed in glorious combat. You're trying to take as many people with you whilst going out in these enormous battles and trying to orchestrate uh, these huge battles. So it's not like, oh, I want as many people on the board as possible. You know, I want to completely dominate this thing. It's like, I want my people in this space at this time, right? Because it's going to give me some honor or whatever, right? But in the meantime, we can all get together, have a big fight, and then... um, like when we when we end up in the halls of uh, of Valhalla, everyone will be grand. We'll get loads of points for uh, each other, and um, yeah, it's 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 great fun because part of that is this drafting mechanic that is very very simple. We can get into nice and easily, and then you are introduced to a brand new kind of game. This is how board games work. They 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 lead you in in a really like insidious and brilliant way. Mm. Cool. And you, you is there, just a correction there, Matt. I think you said that the characters go and fight. Um, I think actually the real term for it is mathematical altercation. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, just, just, just thought I'd technically uh, point that out. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, uh, technically, they're not fighting. They're, uh, they're, we're actually playing two, uh, two values of battle cards and then turning <laughs> them over at random to see which one is higher. But to be fair, to be cool. <laughs> The name drafting, though, I think that's actually is a kind of cool name in the draft games. If people want to learn more about any draft games, where should they go to, Matt? Particularly when things open up again. <laughs> well, if you want to learn about uh, about drafting games, you can always, um, you know, I tell you where. You can go to uh, treehousesheffield.com forward slash blog, where I believe we've done an entire podcast on drafting games. Um, uh, but also, um, yeah, if you want to come down to the treehouse when we open in may um we are really good at recommending games that will get you on to that those first foothills of the grand seemingly inassailable mountain that is board games but i promise every step of the way is pure joy um (laughs) we will find you the game that won't turn you away you won't be just staring into space going where am i who, what does this enormous tome mean? You will just be taking it a step at a time, enjoying yourself, and uh, yeah, just come on down. We'll recommend you some games. And um, yeah, uh, The Treehouse uh, is on Boston Street. Go to treehousesheffield.com. You can actually book ahead of May now. Mm. So um, if you're thinking of... uh, if you're thinking of getting a table in, I'm sure when we open, we're going to have a fair few people wanting to come. So I mm. would, even even in normal times, we were full a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend booking ahead of time. Um, so get your get your get your reservations in right now. Awesome, sweet, uh, and I, I, May seventeenth is going to be a crazy day, isn't it? Wow, things going <sighs> to. Looking to <laughs> the Mad Friday, but like, oh, another like level. everybody's just pent up, like fun, <laughs> trying to get out. I'm not going out on May 17th, so May, <laughs> May, well, May 17th is that is actually a Monday, isn't it? So I don't know, um, but that the, the rest of May, June, July, 
yeah, it's gonna be gonna be crazy. And I imagine Treehouse is gonna be very very busy. Um, mm. Otherwise, uh, Jade, you're you've been very very busy. But uh, in the off chance that you you're gonna be able to come be doing some more streaming over the next week, uh, whereabouts can people find you? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Nuxbear. Um, and also, I am the community manager for a, a little social media website called Ember. Um, we're not quite there yet, but it's emberapp.gg. If you go to that website, you'll be invited to the Discord, and that's a group of really nice people. We're involved in all sorts of things like RPG, crafts, uh, just general gaming, fan fiction. It's just a load of nice people getting together and sort of sharing their experiences and their hobbies, and it's it's brilliant. So I'd love to see you there if you can. Awesome. And 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 Matt, whereabouts can people find you after this podcast? Uh, well, if you want to hear, I mean, about all sorts of things, but uh, largely role-playing games, board games, and, and, and general nonsense, uh, you can always go over to twitter.com forward slash MattSpeaksWords, which is where I am. Um, and uh, yeah, um, other than that, if you want to hear more from me, um, you can, of course... Uh, go over and listen to the Life's a Pitch podcast. That is the podcast uh, wherein we pitch the best movies that will never get made. That means that we take titles from you, our audience, um, that are fake titles, fake movie titles that w- couldn't exist, shouldn't exist, and were, you know, are sometimes downright ridiculous. And we pitch them. We create the entire story. We cast them. We make marketing strategies and all that sort of thing um, so that you get to... Pretend you've watched three films in one uh, in, in, in one uh, episode of the podcast. So that comes out uh, over at soundcloud.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast, but it is available at all places that you can find app, uh, find you know podcasts. So Spotify and uh, you know Apple Podcasts and all those places. Um, any anywhere that good podcasts are sold. So go over there and uh, if you want to give us titles, that is uh, Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show fantastic awesome uh okay well thank you both um if you want to kind of find more about me i'm at uh, twitter at, at chronicleon or anything to do with the national video game museum and actually a really cool thing will come up at the end of the month which is called games careers week um which is like a big national games careers event which we'll hopefully talk more about over the next couple of weeks but um ace thank you everyone thank you everyone in twitch chat thank you everyone listening uh i guess we shall see you all in a couple of weeks for the next podcast Probably, probably around some of the time. Yep. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.